0: Hi, I'm Jared Dillian, and welcome to the Be Smart Podcast, where we talk about how not to be an idiot with your money. Because people do that all the time. Um, I got a couple things to talk about. So, I am thinking about doing stand-up comedy, which is something I've been thinking about for a while. I mean, the history of this is, you know, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, stand-up comedy had this boom in the early 90s. And there were comedy shows everywhere, especially on MTV. And I used to go to comedy clubs. This was back when I was in the Coast Guard, and I would go to New York, and I would get the free tickets at the USO, and I would go to these places. And it was, I mean, there was like a comedy bull market. Like, it was fantastic. Uh, I saw some incredible stuff. This is like a bucket list thing for me. I'm not trying to make it in stand-up comedy. I, I, I have I have no desire to practice for hours and days and weeks and get to be really, I really just, I just kind of want to do it once. And if it works, if I'm good, then I'll keep doing it. But if I bomb, then I'll stop. And you know, that's, I I just really want to give it a try. And I have a lot of respect for people who do this because that's a very daunting task is to stand up on stage and try to make people laugh. And, um, you know, there's hecklers and stuff like that. But, um, you know, people tell me that my writing is very funny And people say that, you know, just joking around among friends, I'm very funny, but I'm sure that's true of a lot of people. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are funny, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to translate into a standup routine. So anyway, Uh, I'm not really worried about bombing. Um, I don't have a fragile ego. People take shots at me all the time. Um, You know, I get I get booed (laughs) for the opinions I write. You know, on on Bloomberg and stuff like that. Like, I get some hate mail. But it's all good. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So there's two comedy clubs in Myrtle Beach. There's Comedy Cabana and Comedy something else. Carolina Comedy Club. Um, I've been to Carolina Comedy Club. It's, it's great. It's a good place. The problem with these places is they don't allow X-rated material because... This is Myrtle Beach. It's a family town, whatever. I, this place is super aggravating sometimes, you know, anyway. Um, and that's my whole shtick is I do x-rated material. That's basically, that's what I would do. So, um, and even though this is an explicit podcast, I'm not going to do any of my routine on this podcast because it would be a bad idea. Let's, put it that way they'd have to have another rating beyond explicit like just you know it's like the NC-17 like they just have to have something else I have some clean material you know Um, I have this bit that I do about the first time I got a foul ball now you know I've been to so many baseball games in my lifetime and I got to be about age 39 and I had never gotten a foul ball in my entire life and I had a big resentment about this. Like, you know, when I was a kid, my dad was in the Coast Guard. We didn't get the box seats. We didn't get the seats by the field. Like, I was up in the second deck, and I would watch the game, you know, in the first baseman would catch a foul ball, and he'd give it to the kid in the front row. And the kid in the front row gets, like, 10 balls a game. And I was super jealous, you know? And that was, like, the beginning of class warfare for me because the kid in the front row was getting all the balls, and I got none. So... My whole life, I never, and I had close calls. You know, I was at Yankee Stadium uh, behind home plate about 10 rows back, missed it by one seat. Uh, I was at a minor league game in Connecticut. I had a ball clank off my hand. I was at a spring training game where I literally caught the ball, but a 10 year old kid stole it out of my hands. Like, so I had had so many close calls. And I was at a Pelicans game with my brother. And we were standing up on the walkway on the first base side, and the, the hitter hit a foul ball, and it was coming right towards me, and it bounced right in front of me, and I caught it. And I was like, oh, my God, I caught my first foul ball of my entire life. And by the way, if you catch a foul ball at a minor league game, it counts. Okay, it counts. So this kid comes up to me, and he's like, hey, mister, hey, mister, nice catch. Can I have the ball? I was like, beat it. I'm not giving you the ball. So he turned his wheelchair around and drives away, (laughs) So, which unfortunately is a true story. I did not give the ball to the kid in the wheelchair. But um, anyway, I'm not I'm not giving kids any. foul. I mean, I guess now now that I've caught my first foul ball, uh, like I'll give a kid a foul ball, but I'm not giving up my first foul ball ever I'm you're not taking it from me. I don't care if I get booed. I do not care. You know. So I went on Amazon and I bought a display case and I had this thing in like this glass cabinet in my house. Now the funny thing about catching that foul ball is that my life changed. Like I don't know what it was, but from that point on I started falling ass backwards in the money. I started getting really lucky and that was August of 2013, and ever since then, my life has been amazing. So I wanna talk about luck, right, because I guess some people are luckier than others. I mean, some people don't believe in luck. A lot of people don't believe in luck, you know? I don't believe in karma, but I don't know. I don't know the answers to these questions, but I I am a very lucky person. I, I am the luckiest person I know, and I also know some very unlucky people, like my first boss at Lehman Brothers was a very unlucky guy. So, just from a basic standpoint, like when you're a trader, sometimes you screw up and you have an error. You know, you buy instead of sell, or you trade calls instead of puts, or there's, there's a lot of opportunities to get things backwards. And you have an error. And my boss, when he would have an error, it would always go against him. It always. And when I had an error, it would always go in my favor. I mean, always like I made hundreds of thousands of dollars off of errors because I'm lucky, you know, we did this. uh, So we were doing index arbitrage and in the index arbitrage world, you have something called an EFP in exchange for physical where you exchange futures for the underlying basket at the closing prices. And my boss did an EFP in the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ 100 although he didn't realize that one of the stocks was halted, and it was a biotech stock halted on some FDA approval. Um, so he basically only traded 99 stocks, and then when the biotech stock opened up the next day, it was cut in half. It was down 50%, and we lost $600,000 on that EFP, which is just a bonehead mistake, just totally preventable. you know. And that is the type of shit that happened to my boss all the time. So, you know, thinking about the ways in which I've been lucky, I mean, for sure, getting a job on Wall Street was just a series of events like fortunate events that just happened one after another from, you know, being on the P coast and almost getting hit by a water bottle and being introduced to a guy and getting a job and. You know, the interviews I had at Lehman and, you know, my book, Street Freak, which was pure luck. You know, I was writing Bloomberg messages and one of them got forwarded to a literary agent. So he sought me out, you know, getting to write for Bloomberg opinion. Like, I mean, everything. There's been so much luck in my life. Now, I've put myself in a position where good things can happen to me, you know, and that's that's kind of how luck happens is you put yourself in in a position where you're positively exposed to luck. And I'm a big believer in that, you know, but the luck just keeps on happening. Not to mention the biggest one of all was meeting my wife at age 15. You know, well, this is pure luck. So I used to interview kids at Lehman Brothers and it was interviewing, interviewing people at an investment bank is hard because everybody is, really well qualified just everybody is super sharp everyone's got great SAT scores 4.0 GPAs activities and it would get really boring because I would interview these kids you know they're 21 22 years old and it was the same thing one after another and everybody's super qualified and everybody can do this job so how do you differentiate among these people so what I used to do was I had one interview question and I would ask them I would say are you lucky and it was funny because they, they would just it would stop them in their tracks. And, you know, of all the preparation they did for interviews, they did not expect this question. I said, are you lucky? So they'd say, well, I think I'm lucky. I'm like, well, I didn't ask if you think you're lucky. I'm asking, you know, from an existential standpoint, are you lucky? I mean, the definition of luck is good things happen to you more than they happen to other people. So are you lucky? And 90 percent of kids could not answer this question. They were totally stuck. So, I mean, from my standpoint, I wanted to work with people that are lucky, you know, be, be, partly because of my experience trading index arbitrage and sitting next to my boss where, you know, it just bad shit happened all the time. But I wanted to work with people who were lucky. And I interviewed this one girl and I asked her if she was lucky and she, she perked up and she said, I am lucky. And she just listed all these things in which she was lucky. So we hired her and a few months later, Lehman went bankrupt. So, maybe she wasn't so lucky after all. But that's the thing about adversity. You know, that's how you really make your luck. Do you roll over and die or do you keep fighting because life is a competition? Some people don't like to hear that. You know, people on the left don't like to hear that life is a competition, it really is. And there's a pretty good chance that you're losing. So, you know, why? are you unlucky? So what do unlucky people have in common? Well, unlucky people believe that bad things disproportionately happen to them. Shit just rains down on them all the time. So I'm not a believer in spiritual crap or karma, but I do believe that your thoughts affect your words and your words affect your actions. So implicitly, your thoughts affect your actions. And if you really believe that you are unlucky, then bad things will happen to you. If you think that you are doomed to fail, then you are probably doomed to fail. You know, just, you know, in the business world, I am super competitive. I, I have, you know, I really have to win. Uh, Now, I'm very patient. I can, you know, I can win over a long term time frame. Um, But when it comes to sports, I really have a bad psychological makeup, you know, And the one sport that I do competitively is racquetball. And if I start making mistakes, um, if I start hitting it into the ground and making mistakes, I get down on myself. You know, and I basically just self-sabotage, which is the opposite of what you're supposed to do. I'm not really a good competitor when it comes to sports. You know, a lot of it is about perspective, like this podcast. You know, there's two ways to look at it. I can be like, damn it, this podcast only has X number of listeners. Or it can be like, yes, this podcast has X number of listeners, Another tangentially related topic is how people handle success. And if you go in the bookstore, if you go in Barnes Noble, there's hundreds of books on how to handle failure, but there's no books on how to handle success. And that's really important. And, you know, sometimes you see people who become really successful and then they're just a nightmare to deal with. You know, I see it all the time. It's really hard to stay grounded, which is why Pat Sajak is my hero. So, A couple of years back, I was doing some speaking gigs at banks on mental health and I used to tell my story. And, you know, a funny thing happened. I have been telling my story for years, but in the last year or two, when I tell my story, I get choked up, you know, because if you know my story and all the stuff that I've been through, I mean, really like I am a walking miracle. And I forget that, you know, on a daily day on a day-to-day basis, you know, when I'm just cranking on subscriptions or writing or whatever, I I forget how hard the journey has been and you know all the pain that I've gone through. But I don't get choked up because of the pain. I get choked up because I'm so grateful for what I have. So what I encourage everyone to do after listening to this podcast is to go make a gratitude list. And a gratitude list is a list of all the things that you are grateful for. And it's a very good exercise. I highly recommend you do it. And it's a good way to stay grounded and stay in the moment and think about how lucky we all are because we all get to play this game and we get paid to do it and it's the greatest thing in the world. That does it for me today. You've been listening to the Be Smart Podcast. I'm Jared Dillian, see you later.